peace and blessings and welcome to the 50th episode of the heritage hip-hop podcast this episode is brought to you by transparent credit repair the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world open your wallet to receive income and not to pay debts by cleaning out your credit report clearing your credit gives you the chance to enjoy your money rather than give it out to pay bills if you would like this opportunity please contact transparent credit repair at www.transparentcreditrepair.com you can also contact them at 862-250-5122 and tell them heritage hip-hop referred you to get something special in your transaction that's right everybody we have reached the 50th episode of the heritage hip-hop podcast the podcast where we interview your future favorite artists and bring them to you today and on this episode we have a female artist that believes in bars and being herself not only does she represent snowboard culture she represents hip-hop in its purest form beats rhymes life and a message so on this 50th episode of the heritage hip-hop podcast we bring to you miranda rights she's very special articulate and she really lives and loves this culture shout out to the zulu nation that stands behind her and with her i had the opportunity to have miranda rights music before this interview shout out to g-rock and the cnd coalition for putting me on miranda rights and bq for making the interview and with this interview i hope that you learn something about living the art and representing who you are without making an apology for being who you are hey man this is going to be a special interview so please take the time to enjoy this we have a special giveaway coming at the end of this episode so stay tuned for that and i'll come back with the rest of my commentary after the interview Peace and blessings, everybody, and welcome back to the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast. I have an MC on the phone tonight who is like so dope, I'm speechless. Introduce yourself to the people. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Miranda Wright. I am a hip hop artist from New York, and I like to make uh, positive, feel good music. Miranda Wright is dope. Let's put that out there first because oh, I don't you. like to ask. I don't like to ask how you get started in music because everybody asks those questions. I'm more so into the heart and the spirit of the music. Miranda writes to me is dope because she makes music that goes beyond regular sitting down and listening to. It's music you have to absorb and take in. What does that mean to you? Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I just feel like so. I mean, hip hop has just progressed so much, but. When you think about the core of hip-hop, I just feel like it's people telling their stories. So mm -hmm. my whole thing is whenever I'm writing and creating, I feel like I need to tell my story and uh, just kind of put myself out there in a, in a way that just translates to people. I just feel like hip-hop is raw and it's real, and that's what um, kind of drew me in, right, like into hip-hop. So I just like to let, I want people to think a little bit when they hear my stuff. You know, I want people to actually sit down and think a little bit. <laughs> Thinking is the lost art of civilization because in the, in the, in the cookie cutter, microwavable world of is it hot for the moment, not is it hot for the mainstay, people lose a lot of what really makes the culture of hip hop pop. How do you fight against that when you make music? I think my biggest thing that has always been and still something that I remind myself of uh, now when I'm just creating is to stay true to who I am. Uh, and I think that's really probably the biggest struggle for most artists because not a lot of people really understand. And unless you're in the business, a lot of people don't understand all the things that go behind the business. And I mm -hmm. think it can be really easy uh, to lose why you started once you get into it uh and like just the time like the pressure to conform and kind of like step into everybody else's box but my whole thing is like 
I'm good. I'm going to stay, keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to find people that genuinely love and appreciate that, and those are the people that I want to support me. Let's get the, let's get the obvious out the way. People are superficial as hell, and that's what kills the art. For one, let's just go through the superficial stuff. When a woman um, is, a, is an MC or a singer, everybody looks to see if they're physically attractive. Look, you're beautiful. Yeah. Out the way. We got that done. Now, after that, it comes to what is the context and the content that she's giving. And one thing I can say about your content is that you pride yourself in being lyrically fit and battle-tested. How did you make sure that was the first thing that came up in every song you did? So one of the things, and this has just been since when I first started rhyming, um, and I dealt with it from, I just think, really, it's actually interesting, both men and women, uh, not not so much as anymore as I feel like people who rock with me, they have an idea of who I am, but just in general, like, just the whole thing of, um, I always feel like I don't want somebody to judge me based upon what I look like, right? So my biggest thing whether somebody loves my music or hates my music, I'd rather somebody say, like, yo, she's whack because I don't dig her flow or her lyrics or blah, 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 than comment on what I look like. So for me, just from a branding uh, standpoint, from an image standpoint, I do my best to put out things that people are not going to judge me based upon what they're seeing. I want people to actually listen to the content and judge me off of uh, my music. And I even tell people all the time, I'm like, yo, like, tell me what you think, whether you think it's hot, whether you think it's whack. I don't care. I just want to know that you're listening to the music and you're not getting lost in the image. Facts, because that's where we lose a lot of the content and what makes an artist dope. Let's go into your content because, uh, wow, um, there's so much to unpack with you because, Typical hip-hop is so corny, and I love the <laughs> fact that you're not typical. And we're not even going to touch on the Thank stuff you. that everybody looks at. We're really going to go into the heart of Miranda Rights. So bear with me as I say this. Before I get into the rest of this interview, I want to say congratulations on making the art pronounced, not doing Thank it. Because when you pronounce the art, everybody pays attention, not just just takes it in. So salute to you. And um thank you. I value you as an artist because you love the culture. What does it mean to keep the old school re relevant with the new school's attention and energy towards it? Uh you know, I think respect is um one of the main things when it comes to that. I think respect allows new school and old school to respect just the fact right how the culture has progressed because hip-hop is just right hip-hop is the most popular genre in the world now and uh, i think you know when it comes to the legends like they were just rhyming right like nobody ever thought like hip-hop was going to progress the level that it did now mm -hmm. commercially because hip-hop is uh so big it's invested into not the same way that it was when it was coming up. But one of the things that, you know, and I've met many hip-hop legends, but I think that's really important is when people take the time to show love to one another, like genuine love, because I feel like that is a really cool union when you can see somebody that's from two different eras, like, get together for a project. Mm. Two different eras get together in a project. I think it's more so when I see somebody in your generation touch back on the elder generation and brings new life and shows appreciation for the creation. Let's look yeah. at the I Love Hip Hop 9 cover that you did. That was, that's old. <laughs> that's not double M. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, yeah. and that, and that, but that's a gem of hip hop that's not mainstream. So even right there, you're showing that you understand that the culture has depth and is not just what you're spoon fed. What does it mean to be an architect and an archetype of an MC at the same time? Hmm, I think 
it is all about maintaining the foundation, right? So maintaining what was, but then when it comes to the art aspect is making it your own creation. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the structure, right, of any good building. You see it all the time where you just think about houses, right, whenever people come up and fix things up. The foundation has to be strong, but there's nothing wrong with coming in and adding your new flavor, adding your new design, adding a little extra to get people to uh, open their eyes and pay attention. What makes you stand out when you do that, though, is you've mastered your voice. And that's where people don't follow through. People be like, I got a song that I can rap. And they sound like everybody else. Am I lying, though? Everybody sound like everybody else. All I hear is, but, but, that's not their voice. You know? I hear Miranda Wrights on 9 Double M, Pete Rockasio smooth type beats. Gangstar. Oh, no, Pete, you're on Chief Rocker. Like, I'm not, not your music yet, because we're going to get there. I just want to highlight the fact that real hip-hop pays homage and adds to the art. Like, when original hip-hop came out, people sampled and kept that music and that feeling alive. Shout out to Wu-Tang, because Can It Be All So Simple? Or, um, oh, my God, it's so many songs that they sample from like the Charmels, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and, yeah. and that kept that alive. And then it made you want to go back and appreciate the older sound. And you're doing the same thing. I salute you for being, like I said, an architect that goes and finds the art and an archetype because you're going to inspire others to be just as nice, if not try to be better. So salute to you. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Thank you. So let's have some fun then. Let's go into Miranda Wrights, because you've been rocking for a, a, a while now, and one thing I can say is as you've grown, your beat selection has changed and your wordplay has changed. Let's start with one of my favorite songs that you made, which is the MW Anthem. Talk to me about oh, the creation of that. No way back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the MW Anthem, I made it like it was inspired for my love uh, of the slopes because I love to snowboard. And mm -hmm. uh, with that song, I really wanted to make a feel-good song. So my whole vision was kind of taking, like, the lingo of snowboarding, right, and putting that into the song to introduce the people, introduce new people to that culture. But mm -hmm. the overall uh, concept of the song was just, right, like, sky's the limit. I'm jumping in it. Like, I just wanted it to be an anthem uh, for people to uh, get hyped up on the slopes to but also just in, like, a personal life and, you know, aspire to achieve more. You know what's sad? See, the X Games is real big, and COVID just killed it, right? Uh, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, have you ever been featured on the X Games? I have not been on the X Games. However, I just – so what's crazy is I just uh, performed um, at this uh, year's Burton U.S. Open. Nice. Burton's version of the X Games, you know, it's like the largest snowboarding competition in the world. So it was a really incredible experience. And I always make a joke how I did that in February and then the world ended in March with the coronavirus. <laughs> That's crazy. But, uh, it was a really, it was a really cool, uh, experience. And, um, yeah, it was just really cool to just be a part of that and bring, I feel, like a different flavor to that environment. I was thankful to, you know, uh, just the energy of it. It was really amazing experience. So, Yeah, you're an amazing artist, and that made snowboarding come to life because the music matched the culture. It wasn't a placement. It came from the heart. That's what made that dope because – even at the end of the video, one man's like, I know she can rap like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> even, even with that, it showed that, yo, you bring us something different. And when you form your own lane, that's when people tar start to take notice even further and they start to dig. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
Now, if I come off of the NW thing, because you said that was a long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, as Bernie Mac would say back in the day, right? That was a long time ago. But even as you mature in finding your sound, let's go to the money, because that's a very social topic. It was very hard-hitting because you got, like, the mom playing with the kids in the video, you know, things like that. You see what I'm saying? And you're riding around showing the look of the money, but you're also touching about the heart of what it is to have and to have not. Why was it important to put a visual to that song? So for me and just the – when I wrote that song, it was just a really crazy time uh, in my personal life at that time. But mm-hmm. then, too, I just feel like in hip-hop, like – and not even – I don't – I let me go back a little bit. Not even in hip-hop, just in our culture as society – we not only do we praise money and we glorify money, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with, like, somebody making money. You know what I'm saying? Like, you do you. However, we always talk about, all we hear is talk about what they have. And mm-hmm. the reality of the situation is that most of our population and just Americans in general aren't living that lifestyle. I feel like we're so used to, you know, talking about money and thinking about people that have everything, but we never really talk about the people that don't have everything. And the fact that most people do live paycheck to paycheck. Most people are constantly forced, you know, between the decision of, you know, what bill are they going to pay that week? How much do they have left over for groceries? And I just felt like that was important to highlight because especially in hip-hop, we always talk about everybody. You see the Lambos and the Bentleys and all of the the nice parts of money, but we never really want to talk about not having it. So I just wanted to really share people's real stories and a lot of people's real stories and just talk about money in a different way that we're not used to hearing in music right now. Yeah, Fonte said a very classic line when he said, what the hell is selling out when ain't nobody selling? One of a lot of people's heads, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. And that's and that's the part of reality that I think is missing in hip hop, because a lot of people we 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 tend to live in the fantasy, because that's what we want to inspire. We want to entertain, and pain is not entertaining. Music, music is a healer that can help us get through the pain. But sometimes you need somebody who can give you the truth rather than just give yeah. you the fantasy. I want to talk about a truth with you. Um, are you I I I. New York is your state. You pay homage to the old school. What does the Zulu Nation mean to you? I have a lot of uh, love for the Zulu Nation. I'm actually a Zulu Nation queen. Uh, Needless to say, things have obviously progressed over the years, but I have a lot of love for the Zulu Nation. What's interesting, so when I first started rhyming, I actually, all the events that I performed at, I would say probably for the first, Three years, four years, when I first started rhyming, were all Zulu Nation events. And Mm -hmm. I just remember every one of those events being, first of all, a complete experience, right? Because now you don't really go to events where you see people doing live graffiti, break dancing, having the DJs there. Then you have MCs, and then you have somebody in the corner being like, don't forget the knowledge, you know? So Mm -hmm. I learned a lot just being in that environment. And then I also had a lot of people that really showed love and would pass me the mic. You know, at first, mm-hmm. it's not like I was getting booked for these shows. So a lot of it came down to somebody saying, like, yo, like, take the mic and, you know, spit something. And I was like, really? Okay. And then after that, I just felt like it was just so much love. And I feel like I really actually got to work on my craft, uh, work on my stage presence, work on just that live uh, feel that was just so raw. So I definitely have a lot of uh, love for the nation because that's really where I started as an MC. Yeah, it shows because I was, looking, I was watching the video, Knowledge Yourself, right? And you got some of my peoples actually in your video, which is dope. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and See, everybody knows everybody. <laughs> and, 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 and what stood out to me in the video is the name of the video is Knowledge Yourself. But you give visuals of self as well. For instance, you are seated in Indian style and you have Asian clothes on. 
Now, Asians are known for being at one with nature and being very at one with how they sit and how they study. In the video, you also have a suit on in a library, and you're sitting down with three books, The Art of War, Who Shot You, and The Gospel of Hip Hop. Why was it? Why was it meaningful for you to put that visual out there so people can see that as well as hear the, video, hear the lyrics in your video? So for the library uh, shot, especially the book that I had in there, much love to Ernie. He's amazing and he's a legend. But um, so I wanted to do the library scene really, like, goes back to knowledge itself. Like, really the fact that I feel – one of the things that I think is healthy for us to do as humans is we can't get too crazy because I think when you get too consumed by certain things, you will lose your core a little bit itself. But I think as people, we actually need to question things more, right? We need to question what we're taught. We need to ask ourselves why do we have the principles that we have we need to ask each other different questions that maybe we're uncomfortable asking but are conversations that had to be had. And I personally love to read. So just being in the library, it just kind of felt like the perfect place, right, to, like, have this conversation. And then when it comes to the outdoor shot, when I was, like, sitting down, I guess you could call it meditating at some point, right, I spend a lot of time in nature. I and outside all the time. It's very grounding for me, and I also practice meditation a lot, too, so I just wanted to highlight something that I do in my personal life, and maybe that could be something that people would get into or become curious about, because I'm also a, you know, I'm a big advocate for uh, meditation. I think it's awesome, and it completely renews your spirit and, like, fuels up your soul when you need it, so. It shows. I could tell meditation has made you very centered because it helped bring out your confidence. See, I'm going to tell you something. As a, I'm going to just tell you as a, as, a, as, a, as a man, I always had crushes and loves for women who did music because that's when their confidence is at their high, you know? What, <laughs> yeah. what your high is very centered. Let's talk about acting different. Acting different is a song where you actually command the background in the video so your eyes are focused on you and not truly on the people and the city in the background. What does it mean for you as an artist to not only draw the air but to draw the eyes and have full, total attention of the people who are experiencing you for the first time? I think that when people see somebody, I always, that's why first impressions, right, they say they're so important. Mm -hmm. When you're exposed to something for the first time, that's actually when you're the most likely to pay attention. And we hear that all the time, right, even when it comes down to marketing. Like, that's why people spend so much money in advertisements, right, to make sure that they have the right advertisement because they know they're only going to have three seconds or whatever it is to get somebody's attention. So me shooting that video, I thought it was really cool because it really forced people to pay attention. But then what I noticed was how many people took the time to stop to record, there was people that were actually, you could tell that they weren't watching, they were actually listening, because I mm -hmm. think in their mind, they're like, who was this chick in the middle of Times Square, kneel mm -hmm. down, <laughs> like, you know, she runs like the place, but it actually, but it actually <laughs> forced them to listen to what I was doing right there and then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said. That's the mark of an artist and not a participant. Hip-hop is full of participants. There's just a lot of people in there trying to make noise. There's not a lot of people in there trying to bless the, the culture with longevity and not trying to chase the quote-unquote bag and not realizing that we are the bag and it's not the money, which is, which is amazing, you know? Yeah. And coming from that aspect, I have to ask you this. What is the job of an MC rather than the art of an MC? I, can I just say I love your questions because you have me really thinking. You know, you have me really thinking over here. It's so nice. I like. To, I love when I'm asked different kinds of questions and not the same ones. Well, thank I think the right. So when you think of MC, you think of master of ceremonies, and I think so. I would have to say the job of an MC is to utilize their voice mm -hmm. for something purposeful. So I think, and 
that comes in the form of entertainment. So for mm-hmm. me, I always know when I go out on stage that I need to entertain whoever is in front of me because people want to see a good show. However, what I've learned is how to, and this is something that I practice all, all the time, right, to just uh, master that is to not only entertain people but making sure that whatever I'm doing, although I'm entertaining people, is to make it purposeful and do something of impact. And I think that's what an MC's job is, is to utilize their voice for something impactful. Mm, impactful, which means that an MC is the voice of the conscience of society, correct? Yes. So then with COVID consciousness, you made a song about yeah. COVID and its effect <laughs> of the world. Why was it important for you to make that statement? So I think we've all completely be, have become uh, consumed, right, about the from the coronavirus, naturally so, right, because that's all we hear about, and I think it's something we should be paying attention to. But one of the things that I wanted to do with that uh, little freestyle was to actually, once again, get people to think, but we to use this time to really question so I feel like the biggest thing that we always hear, right, is to go back to normal. Now, I do believe that everybody is entitled to pick their own path, and I think certain things make people happy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you think about normal, right, especially the society we live in, just like as Americans, everything is rushed. We never uh-huh. really take our time. We, nev- we don't have our time to ourselves. We're constantly juggling a thousand different things. Family, friends, it's something that we always hear is of importance, but it's almost something that kind of gets pushed to the back burner because we put our careers uh, first. We put certain things first in order to live up to what we are told to achieve. I think, and then you have to question, so what part is actually normal. Some people will say, like, it is normal to work, you know, 40 hours, 50 hours a week for somebody else. And that's cool if that's normal to you. But I feel like this time has allowed me to ask myself certain questions. Like, I've had more time to spend with my family. I've had more time to, I know it sounds funny, but, like, take my dog for a walk. I didn't have that time before because it was nonstop seven days a week of going to events, doing all of these different things. So I think we have to actually use this time going forward. What do we really want to define as normal and has our previous normal really been normal? Mm. That's a good question. Because what actually, what, what, what is normal? I, yeah, I feel like, that's a question right within itself that I feel like the answer would change to anybody that you ask because different people have different definitions of normal. But I think, so what is normal? And should that be classified as normal? I don't know. <laughs> Classification, though, is the benchmark of a person knowing that they're actually being seen and heard. And in 2018, you got the album of the year with Know Your Worth. I want to ask you something about that album that most people don't ask artists about their albums, all right? We always ask, did you know you were making a classic or did you know what you had? You have it? Fine. My question is, how did you – let me ask it a different way. How did the impact of the project change your understanding of yourself and your talent? So that album will always be special to me because I feel like I really jumped out of my comfort zone with that Mm -hmm. album. I, you know, did some singing on it. I had some love songs on there that I would normally never expose people to that part of my life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the money was on there. I got personal about that. There was a lot of different emotions, and uh, I was very vulnerable with that album, and that really was the stage for me to say, 
that it felt good. It felt good to actually put out all these different aspects of my life and all these different emotions. And that album actually changed me as an artist because now I never hold back with music. If I feel it, I put it out. I don't ever question, should I put this out? I don't know how people are going to react to it. Like before that album, I used to question if I should put a project out because I'm like, well, this relate to what my fans want to hear. You know, all the questions you ask yourself, especially when you're trying to, like, build up your career. But that album just made me say, screw it. I'm going to put out my story because I know people have stories like mine. And I'm going to use this album to relate with people on a deeper level that they haven't seen of me before. And I really feel like to my listeners after that album – it, they became more like family because they got to hear a different part of me. And then a lot of people ended up reaching out saying, thank you so much for making the money. Like I just lost my job and like it sucks, but it makes me feel really good listening to the song. I had girls reaching out, you know what, my app sucks and I love how you don't lie, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I have people that are getting like hyped to heard about me. So it really brought, brought out like a different emotion of people and it just showed me how circular everything is because I was like, it's crazy. Like, this album brought out all this emotion in me, but it was cool to see that it did that for other people. Facts. I mean, the only thing that I was mad about when it came to the album was I didn't have it to put it up for this, the Heritage Hip Hop Project of the Year. So <laughs> I would have loved to have had that project earlier. But I have it now to listen to, and I appreciate you for making it, so thank you for putting the truth out. Thank you. Unfortunately, though, in hip-hop, people are pigeon-toed and pigeon-holed into, I'm going to just stand this way and listen to this, and that's all I'm going to listen to. I was elated to hear the, the um, White Rabbit cover, because Jefferson Airplane is dope. <laughs> and, to show, and, to see, and to see that you have even that type of skill to take other genres even rock star, like you took other genres and you're bending it to your will so it's complete mastery of sound. What is the one sound that you think describes your total style and how did you master it? The one sound that describes my entire style. And how, how did you master I, it, yes. I would say that I don't really know if there's one sound. I mean, can I describe it? I feel like it's more so... Freedom, Mm -hmm. if anything. I know that sounds funny, but I say freedom in the sense where I love so many different genres of music. And once again, that was something that I used to hold back with, right? So it's like, I was like, I have to always just come with, you know, that hardcore, like hip hop sound, because that's what people expect from me. But Mm -hmm. from a musical standpoint, how I appreciate music, like I love rock, I love reggae i love pop i love alternative i really love everything so i feel like it's not really i think it's more so like freedom like that's what i just think of when i think of my sound it's the fact that i don't want to be boxed and i don't want to peep and i've had people tell me like that before like oh i'm used to you doing blah 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 so i was surprised when you heard rock stars so pop or dance or whatever and i'm like well, did you like it? Like, you know, so I just feel like I just try to be free and give people all different sides of me. And and that's what real freedom is. I have an interview of the artists, two in particular that we could probably talk to. I'll talk about after the interview. I don't want to put them in your interview. But they have created classic music, and they talk about freedom. One person's freedom was being lost in the art, one person's freedom was making music to play the pain and hurt of life out of themselves. You have shown your freedom by not only your music creativity, but your love for snowboarding. So tell us, how did your love for snowboarding take you to the next level? Like, what is the chill? And how do we, how do we, how, how do we take the chill? What is that? So snowboarding is one of my favorite hobbies. I started doing it as a teenager. Actually, what's funny is I'm not going to lie. I always like to keep it real. So when I first started snowboarding, like my brother and I were very young. So my parents used to drag us out of the house, and they're like, we're going snowboarding. I'm like, no, you know. (laughs) We would leave at like 6 a.m. to get there because we live so far from like the local mountain. But, you know, I busted my butt like 
thousands of times. And then I really started to actually like it. And then over the years, snowboarding became one of my favorite hobbies because when you're snowboarding, you're really forced to disconnect. You know, you're outside in the cold. You have, you know, you're layered up. So, like, you're still warm, but it's not something where you're really checking your phone like that all the time. Like, you're really focused on being present. So, snowboarding has been, like, my piece. Like, I always say, like, in the wintertime, like, if I don't have, like, a show, then I'm at the mountain. So, the show foundation is Burton Snowboards Nonprofit. And Mm -hmm. we have programs all across North America. I am their New York City ambassador, but our goal is to inspire youth to overcome their challenges through board sports because the the youth that we work with. But we also have our core values. So, like, for instance, they not only learn how to ride, but then we talk about – so one of our values, an example, is responsibility. So we talk about how – we use responsibility on the slope, but then how we actually use it in our lives. So for Chill, I just, I love being part of the Chill Foundation because I see how it impacts the youth and what a difference it makes just like in their spirits and I feel like their overall well-being. So I love being their ambassador and that's why I'm constantly promoting and plugging Chill because I think it's important that we not only do things for the youth, but we allow them to, uh, you know, step outside of their comfort zones, obviously, responsibly. But, uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about chill. <laughs> Isn't it great how hip-hop is a door? And the sad part is hip. everybody runs to the door and gets stuck in the doorway. But it's the people who really appreciate hip-hop that walk through the door and realize that hip-hop accomplishes, encompasses so much more than just making your head bop that it actually – helped you find your center, and your center is even more glorified on snow and snowboarding, and you're helping kids, not only your beats, but you're helping them in life understand through your freedom of music and of appreciating the snow. Thank now, you. Now, do you see why I say you're dope? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for that. And uh, for like I said, and that was one of the other things, too, is a lot of our kids, they come from, especially like our New York program, they all come from the city. So a lot of our youth haven't even seen mountains before. Mm. So one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved with Chill was because, you know, when you just think about, like, overall, like, urban community, right? Like, that is hip-hop culture at its core. Yeah. And then you are – exposing now a new group of uh, youth to something they've never tried before. So my mm-hmm. that's why I really wanted to make an anthem, and I always highlight the Chill Foundation because I feel like by fusing the music with this, you know, with hip-hop culture and snowboarding culture, like not only have you don't ever see that, but it really does go together because even snowboarders, like, Everybody rides to music, so it was just cool for me to be able to put out a project where I was, like, highlighting chill, but it just, I just felt like it also naturally just showed how, in a weird way, right, like, the puzzle already perfectly fit, if that makes sense. It does, because at the end of the, I'm sorry, at the end of the day, it all comes down to appreciating life and being able to give it back to the people who you share life with. You know, and, and and that's what makes an artist impactful is because, like you said, you gave you give people your story, but more than giving you the giving um them your story, you're giving them hope, and that's why I think it's very important for you to make it. And making it doesn't mean going multi platinum. If you do it, God bless you. I hope you get it. If that's what you want. But making it means that you, you, you make your statement in life and people get to appreciate you as for more than being a woman, for more for being a, a musician, for more than skateboarding. They appreciate you for being alive. And that's the best gift the most I gave the world is within you being alive. You know? Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I, I completely agree. I think that we all, like, that's why we say everything that I do, especially I've been rhyming for a minute. My whole thing is doing things that are impactful, 
because I think that's what is important. And, like, I know you mentioned it numerous times before when you were talking about longevity. Like, that's where longevity actually comes in is doing things that people will remember, not because you want them to remember, but because you made an impact. So I just feel like if I can give, right, a little bit of, like, peace and love and light to somebody else, I can only hope that they're going to take that right in their palm and then they're going to, pass that to somebody else and that's really just what I try and do with my music and shout out for being the woman of the year for 2020 (laughs) 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 it all goes together you know what I'm saying so before we finish off the interview please give everybody your social media so they can learn how to find your music how to find the chill foundation and everything else that you're putting out yeah so too so if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff, Twitter, it's Miranda Rice, W-R-I-T-E-S. My music is available on all platforms. So if you want to go to Amazon, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff, it's on there. My website is www.missrice.com. So follow me on all my socials. And if you guys want to learn more about the Chill Foundation, you can check them out at www.chill.org. Word. And everybody out there that's listening to this, streaming is great. You should go stream her music. But purchasing is better. But purchasing (laughs) is better. We We don't want them to stream your music. We want them to buy the music. And here's the reason why, everybody. Unfortunately, we live in um, a world where everything's up for grabs, and we what we have today, we might not have tomorrow. And this is say from some freakish, crazy incident, just to be funny or comical. What if Godzilla came to the world and blew out the power grid? If you don't purchase your music, when that electricity or that internet goes down, all the albums that you thought you had are gone. So please, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take the dollar, take the dollar that you will use for a quarter water, some waters, or a scratch off or something. Take the dollar and buy the single. And if the single is that dope, buy an album. And with that purchase, not only do you sow into Miranda rights, you also guarantee yourself more music because you're building her platform and she can do more with the foundations and with the music to help make you happy. So please, purchase the music. All right? Yes, and thank you so much for an amazing conversation and for having me on the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I was looking forward to this, but guess what? It's not over. You ready? <laughs> we're, we're far from over. We have the rapid fire questions right now. And the rapid fire questions are not yes, no questions. And I don't ask you questions about like what's your favorite food, who's sexy, what's on love and hip hop. I don't care about that. I really care about you and showing your depth to the world and to the hip hop culture. So I'm going to ask you some questions based on you as a person and the culture that we both share. Are you ready to go? Yes. Okay. Question number one. What album or song perfectly describes your life and it's made from another artist? It's not one of your songs. Oh, that's really hard. <laughs> hmm. All right. I'm, you know, it's been a kind of a crazy week, so I'm going to go a little crazy here and surprise everybody and say The Chronic because that's what I've been into this week. <laughs> oh, okay. The Chronic. That's, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. So that's my okay. go-to. Okay, that's so The Chronic right now. So right now, that's my, you, that's you. my Get Fit Done album. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm scared to death. <laughs> I can't even do it. I need to go ask no questions. I'm good. All right, I'm good. <laughs> Question. <laughs> Great. That's why we do it. Question number two. The cosign in hip-hop is the thing that opens the door. And you've got cosign by the Zulu Nation, but you've also been cosigned by Windy Day. How has the cosign helped elevate you, and who would you like to cosign in your journey through hip-hop? So Wendy's incredible. She uh, shows me nothing but love. So, uh, so you said who would I like to cosign? Yeah, what has the cosign done for you, and who would you like to cosign? The cosign, I think, is just the rawness of somebody saying that you are dope, right, and that they believe that ultimately you are going to get to the next level. So with that being said, one of 
the women that I would like to shout out just because I've been listening to her and I was tuning into her lives as earlier this week is uh Sal Rock. I've been rocking her. Oh yeah, she's dope. Yes. Yeah, Rock is she's dope. Oh man. And I have you ever seen her live? Yes. Yeah, like the way she flows is just effortless and I was uh she went live earlier this week and just reminded me of that. So I haven't been able to see a rock in person for a minute, but so then I just was diving into her music again this week, but I just want to shout her out. True indeed. And, and, and being that you talked about the live show, you performed at NJ Pack a couple of years ago. How does the live? How does the how does the live atmosphere make you a better MC to being in the studio? The live atmosphere tests you. The studio mm-hmm. is your playground. I feel like the live atmosphere tests you. There's always things that happen. I've performed at venues that, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like when I first got on the stage, they really didn't want me there or they judged me. (laughs) This was especially when I first started rhyming because nobody, like, I feel like I've been judged so many times, right, for my appearance. So they're like, oh, God, you know, so I pick up the mic and then you just see people's, like, expressions, and then I just, I always just say, like, I'm just going to let my music do the talking. Like, I don't really need to, like, talk. I'm just, I'm here to rap, so I'm going to rap. So I feel like the live uh, atmosphere, it, it tests you. It makes you a better MC, and most in the, importantly, it really teaches you the importance of having fun in this. Like, I have so much fun when I perform live. Yeah, and New Jersey is a very hard crowd. Now I loved your performance. It is. Like, no, no, New New York, York, is tough, but New Jersey yeah. is actually like it gets gritty. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the one thing. People come to New Jersey and be like, "Where's your energy?" And it's like you're not impressing us. You got to really show us something. And then when you break that crowd and you get, and if you could catch one person really into your music, you broke it because that one person is going to inspire everybody else to get into you. Well, it was so funny because when I did put story when I did NJ Pack when I first got on I felt like people just looked at me and they were like we don't know who she is you know because mm-hmm. this was a few years back so mm-hmm. I did that I felt like people didn't really know who I was and then there was people that came to support but like I said it was a huge crowd like there was a few thousand people there so mm-hmm. they were just like who is she and then at first I was just like this is crazy but by the end of the third, like, I would say after, like, the first two verses, or maybe not even the first verse when they knew that I didn't come to play games and I actually had something to say, by the time the set was over, I had did, I did this, like, crowd uh, participation piece, and everybody was rocking. So I actually feel like environments like that, once again, it goes back to the testing you. Because I think, and that's what you get when you go to New York, and when mm-hmm. you go to New Jersey, is especially underground hip-hop environments, if you can spit, they will respect you, but they expect you to say something. And we do. And that's why, like I said, that's why it was, it was very important for me to do this interview because I wanted to talk to somebody who's impressive and impressing every time she does her art. So that's what's up. All right, so here's my, ne- here's my next question. The remix is a very important part of hip-hop where we either changed the beat, added people to the song, or remade the song to give the song extra life. I want to ask Miranda Wrights, what's the greatest remix ever made? The greatest remix ever made. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard question. Now right. you have me actually in my head thinking of all the different remixes that I know. And yeah, we got to celebrate the culture. That's one of the part of the culture. Uh, <laughs> Like, hmm. hmm. You have me actually like thinking about this one. Uh, let me see. The greatest remix ever made. Mm hmm. That's a really hard question. I don't know. Like, I'm like, Whoa. I'm thinking, I'm like, right now, do you have me thinking, like, going back, you have me thinking of just like, stuff that they used to do with like Missy and the stuff that she used to remix. Now you have me thinking the stuff that I've heard with J. Cole, like you have me thinking going back okay. things that Jay Z okay. covered. So pick one. Thinking all these different things um Pick one. You gave me examples? Now pick one. 
You can't be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> I just want to know why you feel about it. I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. I'm. Can you figure out what addictive myth I'm thinking of? What what? What addictive myth I'm thinking of uh, with uh, Rakim that I heard? A, a remix with Rakim on it. The like watcher. Somebody had like a somebody remixed it. Like I forget where I heard it. I heard it on like SoundCloud or something like that. A, a remake of a Rakim song that you call a remix? What you talking about? Like I um no joke, no are smoke, you, but pop. Are you, are you asking me like an official remix? Or are you talking a, about a remix? An official. Official remix, a remix. Oh, okay. Not a remake, a remix. <laughs> you really have me thinking here. You know what? You I'm, gonna co- gonna, I'm gonna do this to you all night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, let's see. Maybe. Mhm. Hmm. You wanna come back to it? You know the whole thing is too. With now, I'm just like thinking. The whole thing with now my whole <laughs> you know I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the California love remix. Okay, that's a that's a you first person ever said that. That's what's up. So hey. <laughs> after all that, so did I at least pick like a semi good one? Because you have me thinking all these things. It's not for me to say good or not. It's for us to understand you know you and what you love. So you went from the chronic. To Tupac. Okay, that's what's up. (laughs) (laughs) That's where your mind at. I was really, like, trying to dive in to all Mm -hmm. the remixes, and then I was like, you know what, Miranda, you can't keep this poor, poor man waiting all night long for you to (laughs) be remix. So I'm just like, you know what, I brought the California remix earlier this week, so that's what I'm going to go with tonight. (laughs) And that's what it is. That's that's how we do it. It gets even better. You ready for the next question? (laughs) Is it gonna take? Is it another ten minute answer? <laughs> That's up to you. I'll go easy on you. I'll take it off the of music and put it towards being a boss because you um <laughs> you you have what well, LDP? That's you, right? LPD, yes. Yeah. So you have an entertainment entity that you own and that represents not only the culture but more. What do you think it will take? To have a woman as an MC come out with her own label and produce greats, just as we see Wu Tang or Jay Z having their own label, we don't see too many women do that. What do you think that it'd take for that to happen? I think in order to have women running their own labels, we just need more women in positions of power in the entertainment business. So okay. I think once we stir up the, you know, the melt, it has to be more of a melting pot. Like I just feel like the business in general, like it's male dominated, it always has been. I mm-hmm. think that it's not as simple as just us having, like that would be incredible and that's great and that's definitely a stepping stone. I'm sure there's already women already that that's their goal, but I think that we need to have more women in positions of power in the music business to kind of start opening up their table a bit and then they bring more women and I think we just need more women in the midst in general for it yeah. to start being where we see it in all aspects. I think in my in my opinion and you could tell me what you think cuz I'm not going to harp, harp on this um on this subject cuz I really want it to happen. That's why I asked when 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 people criticize female MCs and Cardi B brought up Chica no name and ill Camille, the light was shined on those women MCs and more people gave them notice. And I think if a Cardi or a Meg or somebody pulled other women up just the same way guys always pull up other guys to rhyme, who can say that that wouldn't be the next Griselda and it's an all female crew? How dope would that be? You know? That would be incredible. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and then they can pull you up, and then you can steal the show. That's what's up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let's go to the next question, back to music. Um, 
Do you do you like doing songs with other MCs or when other MCs are featured on on music? Do you like that? Do I like collaborating with other artists? Yes. Yes, I do. I don't do it often. I think that's something that people definitely want me to do more. I think usually comes down to so, especially when it comes to putting projects out, it ends up being sometimes where. Like, this project really has to get done or things like that. And then I don't know why, and I'm just going to say it because I am one, but I don't know rap- why rappers take so long to get things done. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big part of it, too. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do actually work, like, working with other artists. I think that it's important, and I think it's really cool how you can expose just like cross collaborating too. Like I think it's really cool when you work with somebody and then now you're introducing them to your fan base and vice versa. I think it's a nice way to like lift one another up. Okay. So that person that that gets on that track is called the feature artist. Cause the main artist is whose song it belongs to. Sometimes the main artist gets shown up by the feature artist. So my question to you is who is the best feature or guest 16 in hip-hop history? Who was the best feature? feature? Who stole the song the best from the main artist? I would have to say that I feel like Eminem tends to do that a lot. Oh, okay. Is there any song that stands out to you? I think that any song, most of the songs that he gets on, he completely ends up flipping up the flow, turns it into an entirely different record, and then people end up having a discussion about it because the song ends up sounding different. So I don't really know if I would pick a certain record in particular. I just think that whenever he hops on a track, like, it's always just a different vibe afterwards. And I love Eminem, by the way. So Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a different question than I've asked any other artist on Heritage Hip Hop. One extension of Heritage Hip Hop we have is Blurred Hop. And on Blurred Hop, we celebrate comic book culture, anime, and cartoons and stuff like that, right? And it's to show that hip hop is, like I said, more than music, that we go into all different aspects of media, which is, you know, entertainment as well as far as visual, like cartoons and stuff. Miranda Wright is a, is an MC that is a chameleon, whether she has a leather jacket on, uh, a, a vest and a snowboard, or she's face painted like Kiss to show her rock star personality. If Miranda Rice was a superhero, what would be her power? Hmm. Well, if I tell you my power, though, then then I wouldn't have my power. Because Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It doesn't have to be a secret. <laughs> I mean, if you could fly, I mean, hey, everybody's gonna see you flying. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, I didn't say I was. I didn't say I was gonna fly. <laughs> I would say the ability to capture and get into somebody else's mind on a different level of consciousness. Oh, you Jean Grey? You are X Men? Okay. <laughs> okay. No, that's dope. Hey, I, I hate you. That's that movie, What Men Want, right? Like, something like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got you. I understand. Hey, I, I, I'm with you. you. You See, but see, that means you, see that, that, but see, that reflects your rhyme style because you want the mind of the listener, not just their ear. So I respect that. Perfect. I got you. In doing such, though, when you collab and you create, Sometimes it's good to dig deep into your bag and have people who inspire you to work with you. So who would be on your perfect song? Who would do the beat? Or who would you rhyme with if you have a feature, dead or alive, no restrictions? What would you do? Oh, my yeah, God. You know what? I want to do a song with Missy and Timbaland. Really bad. I feel like that would be so dope. I love uh, Missy, and I feel like they are a dynamic duo, and I would just love to be part of that for a second. <laughs> I would love to hear it because, you know what, you have already showed that you can rhyme on old-school beats, hardcore beats, play beats, rock beats. You did Jefferson Airplane, for God's sakes, which is 
dope, and I love Jefferson Airplane. So <laughs> Thank let's, you. let's make it happen. We're going to put it out there because you're the second yeah. person I ever talked to on Heritage Hip Hop who wanted to do a song with Missy, and Missy actually co-signed it and talked to that person, it seems. <laughs> so let's really? make it happen. Yes, yeah, shout out, shout out to Nisa F, because she said Missy is her favorite, and they, somebody must have played her the um the interview she did, because she was all in her um uh, Instagram cosigning her song. Let's get her to cosign you. Like I said, I can't do it. Everything's in the most high hands, but we put it out there. Let's get Missy to collab with Miranda Wrights one day, soon. Yeah. All right. So with that being said, everybody, we thank you for listening to this interview. This interview is not over, but Miranda Wrights is so dope. We invite her to come back to Heritage Hip Hop. The last question of the um of the um I said episode. The last episode of this edition of the podcast is the most important question I ask at the end of every first interview. So that means that the door is always open, and if you want to come back to Heritage Hip Hop, you are you are more than welcome to come back. Okay. Yes, and thank you so much for having me. Okay, so here's the final question. It's, it, it, i got to build it up kind of lengthy because it's very important. Um, the last question goes like this. The one day Miranda Rice is not going to be on this planet anymore. She's going to go back to the Most High. We pray that that does not happen anytime soon, especially through COVID and the crazy brutality and injustice in the world right now. We don't pray for any harm to come to you, your family, or any of your loved ones. So we're going to put that out there first. But the reality is one day you're not going to be here. and a thousand years from now, there's going to be a child on a snowboard, and they're actually going to fall. And they're going to fall on something that looks like a rock. But instead, it's not a rock. Guess what it is? It's a laptop. They don't use laptops a thousand years in the future, so this ancient archaic machine is going to be opened up when she gets back to the cabin. And when she opens it up, one of your videos or one of some of your music comes on. And a new generation of life is introduced to your music. So my question, the most important question to this interview is this. What is the legacy you left behind that made the world better because you did music and you lived your life and believed in what you believed in? I would say that peace and love and light is always at the center and that we're all just, we're all just here temporarily, right? So that goes back to your point. But my whole thing is that I like to think of it, and not in a morbid way, but in a longevity way, is that nobody's work is ever finished. So to whoever were to find something, I just ask that whenever they receive my work, see what I did, maybe they could say to themselves, how could they take that to the next level? How could they do something to make an impact? Because I think that's what it's all about. It's just simply about passing the torch and uh, progressing forward. So with that being said, everybody, we must always move forward, giving life our best. Miranda writes, not only writes music to change the world, she writes music to affect the mind, the heart, and the soul of the listener. So please, lend your spiritual growth into Miranda writes, and she will change your life one lyric at a time. With that being said, my name is Karev. This is another edition of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast with Miranda Wrights. We say peace, and we out. Yes, peace. Thank you so much, Karev, and mad love to everybody that's listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you once again for tuning in to the 50th episode of the Heritage Hip Hop Podcast featuring Miranda Wrights. I told you before, she's an incredible MC. Go check her out. Check out her music, her videos, and check out her live performance at New Jersey Pack, where she won over a hard crowd that didn't know what she was bringing to the stage that fell in love with her at the end of her set. This is Karev from Heritage Hip Hop, thanking everybody for tuning in. And we ask everybody to please continue this journey with us. We've been through 50 episodes together, and we hope that there's more that you will stick around for as we continue. This episode is brought to you by Transparent Credit Repair, the superheroes of the financial literacy and credit repair world. If you'd like to fix your credit and come out of debt and open your wallet to more riches instead of paying out money to bills, contact them at www.transparentcreditrepair.com and also call them at 862-250-5122 and tell them Heritage Hip Hop referred you and get something special in the end. Once again, everybody, thank you for joining us on this journey. 
We ask that you continue to follow us by subscribing to www.heritagehiphop.com. And by doing so this month, you get a special playlist. We have created the Jersey Series Part 2 featuring the O50 Boys. So you get a playlist of the O50 Boys for joining the podcast and the website's movement. And you also get a special limited time thank you from Heritage Hip Hop and Doing Such. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram just the same. Make sure you hit the notification bells to be alerted when any new videos and interviews or anything from or content from us drops. We'd like to thank the team who's been rocking with us from the beginning. Mr. Bradley of Transparent Credit Repair. BQ of Fatty's Place, our virtual assistant. Fire Jaws, our MC resident who also is into marketing, promotion, and placement. Lex Diamonds of Diamonds Entertainment LLC, D-I-E-M-E-N-Z Entertainment LLC. And Big A, who has the Big A show at IDR, A-H-D-A-Y-A-R on YouTube. That's the team. Follow them. Support us. And we thank you for everything. But now it is time for our trivia question for our prize. That's right, everybody. This is the trivia part of the 50th episode. For this trivia, we're going to ask you a question and you will find out the winner of this question next Wednesday on next Wednesday's show to know who's the winner. The prize is a t-shirt from Heritage Hip Hop, a subscription of your choice, uh, Tidal, Spotify, Apple, Hulu, Netflix, whatever, whatever you choose to subscribe to. We're going to get that for you. And also, if you're an artist and you would like to get something reviewed, you will have a special Zoom interview with Heritage Hip Hop. And you can also, if that doesn't interest you, if you're not an artist, you just want to add into the to the platform, you can be a participant in a podcast interview, if that's okay with the artist. So with that being said, here is your question. Who is the crew that was comprised of New York DJs and Jersey artists that helped put New Jersey over the top in hip hop history that not only had a movement with albums, but managed and put out top tier talent in the hip hop game? Now that you have the question, you can post your answers on Heritage Hip Hop on Facebook and at Heritage Hip Hop on Instagram. The winner of the contest will have to subscribe to the Heritage Hip Hop website, post the answer, and then you will be notified the following Wednesday after this is dropped. Who is the winner? We thank you for your participation and we want to grow with you. Heritage Hip Hop is your story being told from God's blessings to our ears. We bring today's future favorite artists to you today. We thank everybody for being with us. This has been a landmark occasion, 50 episodes, and we can't wait to talk to you in 50 more. With that being said, salute to all of you who support Heritage Hip Hop. Salute to the team who continues to work hard and diligently to make Heritage Hip Hop possible. And shout out to everyone who's been on the journey with us who has been inspirations. With that being said, this is Karev of Heritage Hip Hop saying peace. Happy 50th, y'all. And we out.